freedom. Tell my lesson is live as free people. You know, the nation was built with the premise of we want to be free from tyranny. Look in your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Free from slavery, tyranny, oppression of religious institutions. America was founded. Taxes, don't tax our tea. Don't tax us anymore. It's not a political statement. I'm just giving you the history of the, of the nation here. We're apolitical here. That means we don't pick a side. I don't tell you who to vote for. I encourage you just to go vote. It's good. Verse uh, 27, or uh, verse 25, chapter 9. Well, let's go to 24, even better. Tony, you can spark up the lesson. Now you can record this. This is going to be online. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. See, I think the goal of being a Christian is to make it to the end. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. You, ever, you know, when I was growing up, I used to see these, these school kids fight all the time. I always made friends with the bullies, so I had least problems. Um, you know, and then, and then, and then when, when two third graders would fight, it would be like, and they're not hitting anybody. Then I got to high school, and it was, same thing. They, they don't want to look bad, but they beat the air. They're not really are desiring to win. They just don't want to lose face. Sometimes we come to church just to check in because we don't want to lose face. And that's like running aimlessly. That's like running without a purpose. You know, our nation celebrates freedom, but today we're going to talk about spiritually being free. All of us come in on Sundays, all of us come in during the week with sometimes a heavy heart that, man, I'm embarrassed about my life. I'm embarrassed. You know, yesterday I, got, I was very embarrassed. Yesterday, um, I have a great phone ministry. I have an iPhone, and I'm on the phone a lot, hearing messages, hearing your messages, hearing your encouragement, hearing your, you know, your, your things, I, things that I have to work on. Um, I, I, I'm always checking messages, and I'm getting back to you in situations. And so whenever I go to the restroom, it's kind of a private moment where no one could bother me. I'm like, all right, I'm in the restroom, and listen to the messages. And uh, I was in the restroom yesterday and just want to be open with the church. Because I felt, I, felt, I felt pretty aimless. I felt really silly. I felt really dumb. As, you know, as, I, as, I, as I teach my son, there's number one and number two. This is number one. Um, and as I lean over to uh, be sanitized and sanitize the toilet, as I'm, I'm approaching the, the handle to flush, I have to release two fingers from my hand, which I'm holding the phone. And as I release the two fingers, so I release the phone. And it, it, it was about a second, but it felt like an hour of what in the world am I going to decide to do at this time? <laughs> and it's an iPhone, and when you ruin an iPhone, they don't give you a replacement. And I, watched, I remember watching, on that flash of a, of a moment, I remember watching Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild. He said, if you can, if you, it's okay to get involved in that stuff if it's in the, within the first 15 minutes. 
because after that it turns into bacteria. So I said, so I looked in there. I did not aim like a man beating the air at that moment. I was very precise, I was very focused. I could have snatched a fish out of water, it was that fast. So I grab it, flush the toilet, look around in the kitchen, I, I'm, I'm looking for the bacteria wipes. Where are the bacteria wipes? Where are the bacteria wipes? I'm sanitizing my phone, and Karen's like, walks by, wow, you're cleaning your phone, how encouraging. And I'm like, <laughs> cleaning it. Karen had no idea what was going on. She thought, because she always tells me, you know, you know how much bacteria a cell phone carries? I don't really care. And um, Karen was right. There's a lot of bacteria on phones. I have a deeper conviction. There's a lot of bacteria. I felt embarrassed. felt dumb. I felt, wow, what that, you know, Karen always warns you, you shouldn't do that. It's not like I wasn't warned. It's not wise to do. But I do it, and then you feel foolish afterwards. You know, I go to a great July 4th and Moore Park. They celebrate one day earlier. I don't know why. I tried asking the history, but no one seems to know the history of why they do that. It's kind of awkward, but they do it. So Moore Park celebrated, and I'm coming home. Jane's in my hand, and I'm closing the door. Again, these two fingers aren't very wise. And I said, wow, that's an interesting tangerine under the light of my driveway, and I'm staring at the tangerine, and I close the door on my finger sideways, and uh, I want to yell, I want to scream, I want to kick the car for doing that, but I'm holding Jaden in my arms, so I'm like, this is, there's this quiet anger going upstairs, I'm quietly angry to take him, my hand is throbbing, and I'm angry again, because I felt like that passage, I feel like, will anything go right today? And today, here we are, celebrating 4th of July, free. Thank goodness, thank goodness, there's freedom from your own personal catastrophe. <laughs> Live as free people. Patriots, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams. You know, the, 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 the nation has never seen a men like that bunched together since. We've, now, we've, we've, we've aspired, but we've never seen that many men collectively Think about what they accomplished. They wanted us to be free. They were men who believed in God, and so they put a Christian philosophy into our system, that they would honor God or, or at least recognize God, but at the same time, let you choose God. So I want to talk today about a darker component, which is called the darkness. There's light, which is freedom, and then there's darkness, which wants to capture us. Let me show you a picture, if I may. Maybe I'll need some assistance here in the back. There is a, an element that wants to seduce you, capture you, steal you. This happened in the very beginning of time. Mankind, in Genesis 3, it reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from that tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Certainly, certainly you will not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows 
That when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The serpent was telling the truth, but also telling a lie. The truth was, yes, they would be like God by knowing right and wrong. That time, there was no wrong. There was just right. And the serpent's desire is to get you into the darkness. Now, he knows we're not that silly or dumb. He knows that we need to be, he, he knows that he has to try to do it by trickery and deception. Just like he did with the woman. It was trickery and deception. Did God, first he questions, did God really, is that really what he said? Oh, come on now. He only said that because you will be like him and he wants to keep, keep you down. Deception. It's a trickery. And in our culture, even though we're free as a nation, there's a lot of spiritual confusion. It's a lot of confusion. What's a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, my experience is this, and I go to this church, I've been to that church. I'm busy. There's a lot of confusion. When, with our freedom came the opportunity, you know, before our freedom came in Europe, there was only one church. It was the church. It's one. But when it came to America, we created millions. Now, that, that's the price to pay for freedom because you have a free choice. And you visit here today, it's your choice to listen. It's your choice to stay. It's your choice to join us or just walk away. But there's history involved here. Trickery, deceit, which creates doubt. Did God really say? And fear. God's trying to keep you down. You know, the next passage I want to share with you is this. Deceived into darkness. You know, we're we're pretty smart enough to say, that's really bad. So we don't want to do that. I don't think anyone here is trying to kill people. I don't want to murder. We got that one. That's why you're here. You don't want to kill people. We understand that. But the Bible says this. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does this teach us? That with sin, it's deceitful. It lulls you. It tricks you. It lures you in. When when it's someone who wants to abduct or kidnap someone, they have to lure them in usually. Want some candy? Help me find my dog. We're lured. We're lured. It's not as easy. We have to be tricked. But what happens is there's a hardening of your heart. When someone lays down cement, it's really soft at first. You can carve your name and your date and your birthday. But over time, over the next hour or two, or the next day or two, that cement begins to harden. And once it's set, it becomes hard. And once your heart is hard, sometimes it's very difficult to talk spiritual sense into you. So you have to examine yourself. Where are you at today? Where is your heart today? Is it hard hard, or is it soft? Is there still opportunity for God to work? Because this is what happens. If we don't encourage each other daily, we get hard. That means if, you're, if you think that you can just come to Sunday and, and, and without encouraging other your your heart is getting hard. You need encouragement. You need to be called, hey, bro, hey, I missed you, I love you, how are you doing? That keeps our hearts from getting hard. Amen. That's why we encourage you to have strong Christian relationships, 
not just show up on Sunday because you get hard. And then look what happens. We end up here. We end up, why am I here? Why, why do I feel so dark? But yet I'm a Christian. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. Prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands. You know, Eve rebelled against God's command. Even though she was deceived, it was a, it was a direct rebellion to what God told her. Because they rebelled against God's commands and despised, and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. God does not want us here. As Jackie read Isaiah 43, God does not want us in darkness. He does not want us there. That is not his plan. In 1 Timothy he says, I want all men to be saved. I want all men, all humans to be saved. In fact, he says in 1 Peter that God's patience leads you to repentance. 1,000 years is like a day for God. It's for the reason so we can have time to repent, to change. But be careful because there is one who does not want you to change. We put ourselves many times in darkness. Think about how obedient you were this week to God. And, feel, and, and, and equate that to how you feel emotionally. Not close, distant, you're not talking to people. You're definitely not talking to other Christians because you're afraid that they might judge you. But the Bible says to encourage those daily. So you have this preconceived, they're going to judge me and they're going to come to these... Con-. When really it's the deception of your heart. It's beginning to become harder. You're now deceived. No, they won't like me. They're going to think I'm a terrible Christian or I'm not this and I'm not that. And then you distance yourself. Deceitful hardening. And you walk away. You don't show up for a Bible study. You make a time to get together, but you cancel. We're deceived into our shame. We get tricked. Sometimes we just flat out rebel, and I understand that. Sometimes we get deceived. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things that result in it. Think about your life. What are you ashamed of? When I studied the Bible, I was, a lot, I, was ashamed of, I was ashamed of so many things. Ashamed of, of agreeing with my girlfriend and supporting her and after she was pre- impregnated by me to get an abortion. Shame. I knew that was completely wrong. I felt shameful. Didn't tell a soul until I met a disciple. And he asked me specifically about that question. It was intense. Ashamed. Ashamed of the broken relationships I had. Girls that I would see and how, who I've been immoral with, but I couldn't remember their names. The shame. If I saw them today, I probably couldn't remember their names. It, it, it would be, I, I still feel that shame. If I run across one of them, I can't even remember their name. That's the shame I feel. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. I remember being, being a baby Christian. It was a girl that I had been immoral with in my classroom, and I never shared with her because I was just so ashamed. And I haven't seen her since. There was my opportunity. But shame is a very powerful weapon. Very powerful. It creates depression, suffering, isolation. 
it wreaks havoc on our soul. It creates an insecurity in relationships. You're insecure. It erodes our flesh, our hearts. Psalm 32. It saps your strength. Sometimes we come to church like that. A little embarrassed. Hey. Hi, I'm on my face, but you got really got a bag over it. Shame. There's not even any eyes there. It's total shame. We live with it. God doesn't want us to live with it. That's the deception. That's the hardening. No one can understand. No one can relate. No one understands my situation. It's very complex. No, sin is sin. Sometimes we're deceived into slavery. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And we carry this debt. We carry it. Because we see this. What? I can pay in 30 days? I can scratch up some money in 30 days. I got 30, I got 30 days? Only minimum? You mean I owe a thousand, but I only gotta pay ten dollars? And the fine print for the rest of your life. They don't tell you that part. Easy access. Fraud proof. They try anything to get you, anything to get you to have one of those. Pay. You know, interest free. Come on, 30 days. Try it. Hey, camera student, you want a new t-shirt? Got a sweet little t-shirt here. Just sign up right here. Oh, you want a Marie Callender's gift card? Just sign right here. I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks because I'm going to make 1000 I'd do it too. It's the, it's the slavery. And then this. It just steals your faith. You know what the Bible says about giving to God? If you don't honor the Lord, you have no relationship with the Lord financially. There is none. It's fake. But this is his greatest weapon. How you're honoring of God is the most intimate part of your relationship. And Satan knows it and he attacks it. And he wants to steal it. So if he gets you here, look what happens to your faith. And every time you hear someone talk about tithing, you're like, you get an attitude? You get scared? You get prideful? Because what they're, what they're trying to hit is the main part of your relationship with God. And our response is very interesting. Either we're humbled and we get open, or we get really prideful and defensive. When all, we're, when all what that we're trying to do is get understand that your faith is being ripped off. You're being stolen from. You're being deceived. Very powerful weapons that Satan uses. You know what the answer is? God gives it to us. In Hebrews 13, this is God's answer to this, this slavery, especially debt, money. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God says this. This is why. This is why he says God says, why be content? Because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's saying, am I enough for you? Am I enough? Do you have to roll around with the platinum? I'm rolling. I'm a 5.0. 
Am I enough? Is what he's saying. Is, am I enough? Because he understands what love is. You're trying to fill something up in you that's going to make you happy. And God knows that. He goes, hey, am I enough? That's not going to make you happy. Having that extra dress is not going to make you happy. Your Honda is fine, Gio. Your Honda works. Keep the maintenance up. It'll work for a long time. You know, I used to think, oh, my car, they say it's only supposed to last for five years. That's what they want you to believe. It's only last five years. Change it. Because they want you to buy a new one. Why have an old clunker when you can buy a new one? Cash for clunkers. Come on. Go from no payment to a payment. Yeah. Be content. Philippians, Paul says, I've learned the secret of life. Being content with what I have. Being content is the secret. Can you be content? Let's talk about relationships. Sex, oop, I said it, is not a dirty word. It's a very awesome word. God, in Song of Songs, writes a lot about it. When I was single, I never opened that book, though. I was like, what's powerful stuff in there? I was like, when I was married, I'm like, oh, la la, what's this good? Whoa. Lordy, lordy. It's not a dirty word. It becomes distorted and dirty when you're not committed in marriage to someone else. Because then the relationship is open to abuse. It's open to manipulation and abuse. I love you, but I also love this person too. And you hurt one, you commit one, but you, lo- you, you, you really expose this person to bitterness and pain because of the relationship. In marriage, there's no shame. There's no shame in marriage. Shame, marriage is awesome. But God says you don't have to be married. You can be awesome and single. In fact, a lot of great men in the Bible, in the book of Acts, a lot of those guys that did great things were single people. The, marriage, the Bible says very clearly, if you get married, he says, quote, you will have trouble. <laughs> That's what it says in the Bible. You will have trouble. And all you married are going, yep, there's trouble. Trouble come my way. There's trouble. So singles, don't be like, I got to get married. Hey, you want trouble? you're saying I want trouble but sex is not a dirty word it just gets dirty when you do outside of the confines of God's plan God's plan was never to have men and women be together without a commitment before God to each other never you know Adam and Eve ran around the garden without any clothes on and felt no shame none we're shameful now because of the things we've done with people that weren't our wives. Or the things we're doing now that people that aren't our wives. That brings shame and guilt and puts you right back in the darkness. And it, and it goes to 
rebelling against the words of God in the sense of this. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage would be kept pure. Pure from pornography. Pure from adultery. Pure. Keeping it pure. Your marriage will be strong if your focus is your spouse. If your energy goes to your spouse, it'll be strong. It'll be pure. Marriage should be honored by all. Don't be deceived, though. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor practicing homosexual, homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is written to Christians who think that it's okay to be sexually active outside of the confines of a commitment in marriage to a spouse. But our culture says, it's, culture says this, if you're in love, if you love this person, it's, you're okay. But it's true, but yet it's a lie. It's true if you love and you're committed to her before God. True. Marriage. That's what it would mean. It's a lie in the sense of you can do and love her, but not be totally committed to her. That's the lie. It's like the garden. You love each other. Be with each other. But I've totally am committed to this person. Then marry this person. Why delay the commitment? My spidey senses always tingle when I hear that. You know, yeah, something's not right here. And the women know what I'm talking about. Something ain't right here. But because they don't want to lose the relationship, they're unwilling to put it on the line. Because they're, they're, they're trapped. Like, I like him. I'm emotionally attached to him. I can't escape. And then you're open to abuse. Emotional abuse. Emotional manipulation. Or sometimes a girl's like, I'm tired of getting manipulated. I'm going to manipulate all the boys. Come here, boys. And the girls do it too. I like you, you, and you. But not, I'm not telling you, you, and you. We all do it. But the Bible says don't be deceived. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you, if you think you're going to heaven with that lifestyle, you're not going to, go, to be in heaven. You're not going to make it. That's what it says here. But it's trying to help you understand it's, it's, it's the deception that you've got to be careful of. It's the deception because God wants to break you out of jail. When they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for humankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through the barns, bars of iron. God is a jailbreaker. He wants to bust you out of jail. Wants to get you out of the darkness. He does not want you in darkness. You know, sometimes when they would rescue, when they would rescue prisoners in Vietnam who've been in, in, in a prisoner for so long, and they would go in there and try to rescue, the, the person who was being rescued wanted to stay. He got accustomed to being a prisoner. He wouldn't go with a soldier who just risked his life say, Come on, let's get out of here. He's like, No, what about my garden? My garden, my garden. Because he's a slave for so long. 
He didn't know how to get up and walk out. He lost hope. He lost the desire to be free. God wants to break you out of jail. Stand up and live like this. You ever had those moments in life where, ah, I love it. I had that moment this morning. Juliet found, a, found, you know, the tag of your waist and length right here. It's walking around. Say, hello, church. I love people. I love the Lord. And I felt some of my legs. What's on my leg? What's on my leg? It was Juliet trying to get off the sticker from my pants. What could have been a moment of embarrassment, sisters, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, man, that's embarrassing. I was like, let me see that tag. I think I still have it in my pocket. This little tag right here. I said, you know, it says 3430. I said, that used to say 3630. I said, yeah. So, right there. I bought these pants like nine months ago with the hope and dream and hope and dreaming that I would one day fit into them. They were sitting in my closet. I got like four of them just sitting there. And I tried them on this morning and since it was a little bit, little, it's a slight one, but, but I got them on. Nice and snug. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like that. It was just, yeah. I'm in the zone. I'm free. I'm free of my terrible relationship with my mistress named Food. I'm free. God is enough for my appetites. Free. This is what God wants you. He wants you to be free. Free from sin. Free from, from judgment. You know, once you're baptized, you become a Christian, God will forgive every sin if your heart is a heart that I want to repent and change. He'll always forgive your sins. That brings freedom. I'm going to share with you some passages in the Bible about how God feels about us, about freedom. Look with me here. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Serve one another humbly. Through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Live as free people. 
And to God be the glory. Have a great 4th of July.